Hi guys, I'm Madi. And I'm Martha and welcome to the Not A Millennial podcast. And today we have a guest, Brianna. Hi guys. <laughs> Hi. Yeah, so Brianna is um, our friend from uni and our former roommate in second year. And actually the person that we were supposed to start this podcast with. Yeah. Oh, um, sorry, my ba- my dog is also barking. So it's not just me and Brianna with dogs. Um, yeah. So, uh, what do you say about Brianna? Like, <laughs> you want to talk? You want to talk? Me? Yeah. Oh, I, I mean, yeah. Okay. <laughs> I got I guess, choked. Oh my god. <laughs> this is so chaotic. Ah, I love it. I'm telling you. <laughs> yeah best for a podcast anyway continue <laughs> yeah um so i was supposed to be on this podcast but then grad scheme badly stole my sad my happiness even and brought my sadness um so yeah yeah and here's a guest now wow what has happened to mata Oh, no, that was me. Sorry. We're not going to use any of that video. <laughs> just so you know, <laughs> it's just the audio of that part that's going to go up. Well, I mean, if you want, we could start again because we hardly said No, it. no, no, no. Don't say that. Like, <laughs> the audio is fine. Right. <laughs> <Okay>. Yeah. <laughs> guys, this is so much, such a mess. You know, you guys, you know, we had, you know, before, because we had planned to do this podcast as three years. Yeah. And then we had practiced like we, I think we had done like I like was ready to go you know with everything ready to go. and then it just didn't work out that way so now that you're doing it again it's such a mess this is yeah mess. honestly but it's fine <laughs> we've gotten off to a rough start but it, I think it was like only fair that Brie was our first guest it makes sense so welcome mm-hmm. <laughs> And yeah, yeah. I think you know we needed female energy, and then oh, you could say something. No, sorry, you continue. Oh, I was saying, um, first of all, we needed something chill because we've been a bit serious for the past three episodes, and then we wanted a guest, but like someone we are familiar with, so it's not like awkward silence, you know, when you're trying to talk about something. And I don't know if you're gonna have a male guest here. I think we still like the female vibe, you know, because yeah. I think we'd scare away guys with feminism and shit. <laughs> Yeah, that was actually a discussion we had with Martha because we were thinking, obviously, as we go along, we wanted to have different guests for different topics. And so what we thought about having a male guest, but we were feeling like it will throw the vibe off because it's a very, like, so far, very kind of female empowering type thing. I don't know if empowering is the right word, uh, but mm. female centric. I don't know if, like, a, I think male guests will be a, a bit scared. <laughs> to be on here. Do you yes. think so? I don't think so. Yeah. I don't think so. Yeah. We don't jump tell you, yeah. We don't jump on anyone. Like it's <laughs> it is what it is. If you say something um, dumb, then yeah. But if not <laughs> you actually well, now that you mentioned it, 
I heard about this uh, podcast where like um, the, it was a it was like a male podcast. You know, so many guys in their thirties are starting podcasts, like them Charlemagne and them man Joe Biden and them man. So they invited a, a woman to their podcast, and then I think they were probably talking about I don't know these typical topics, body count or something, or maybe the girl was a sex worker. I I don't remember quite what it was, but then this girl is like. You know those girls on the TL who are like, as in they tweet incendiary things and then they get hella retweets and it's always like against men or something. I don't know. So now they thought that if they invite this girl, because you know even I think Joe Biden or most you know most guys invite girls to their podcast and then they want to talk about body counts and then the girl looks bad in the end. Like remember those girls who are brought in, then it was a story because they were they were over blah 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 so it was a whole thing really no, so now they thought yeah they would just bring and then they would move on over or whatever yeah yeah or i don't know so i think they started talking about either dating or i or sex i don't remember what the topic was then the girl went in on them she roasted them she was like men are this 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 imagine they deleted the whole they deleted the whole episode what <laughs> like that <laughs> Just like that. That's what I say, yeah. Just grab <laughs> somebody comes, yeah. Then you talk bullshit to eat you up quickly. <laughs> yeah, but actually, uh, anyway, on that on that topic, um, do you guys listen? Okay, no. I was gonna ask, do you guys listen to any like um male majority male podcasts? But then you know we don't want to start naming other podcasts, so let's just okay, move on to the, the next thing. No, but roll. Huh? <laughs> okay. Did it feel you do, do you listen to yeah, any podcast? Podcast. I. But that's different. Than I um I do now. I don't know why. Since lockdown, I haven't really been keeping up with podcasts as much. I feel like music is better escapism for me than hearing about what's going on outside. <laughs> Real. Yeah. Mm, true. Yeah. That's true. I don't, to be honest, I don't yeah, listen. I feel like ever since I moved here and now I can't access Spotify. You need to get a VPN. Oh, grand, I mean, Mandy, why are you going to say something? No, I was saying you need to get a VPN. Uh, yeah. My VPN is not working. Really? Oh my God. I have... <sighs> I have the funniest story about the VPN actually. So like four, four days ago, three days ago, I just paid for a VPN, yeah? So I could watch Girlfriends on Netflix. And then like two days ago, it came on Netflix Kenya. So oh. I took that L, you know? Like I paid <laughs> premium, premium. So what you know, I think Netflix Kenya is like, oh, for real. Yeah, because you know Netflix takes a lot of data. Sorry. I need so I think Netflix Kenya is the same as US. No, because it came late. Girlfriends has been on US Netflix for months. Oh yeah, true. Came late. Yeah. But let's let's transition into some of the topics for today. Uh so one of the things we wanted to discuss was the movie we all watched this week. Christmas drop. <laughs> Bro. 
you guys forced me to watch that thing. I wasn't going to watch it. I just took one look at the trailer and then I was like, this is not my thing. I'm not, I am not doing white savorism today. <laughs> I was like, what the hell is this? And I know the worst thing about it, no spoilers, but like, there was no rom-com. Like, it was not a rom-com for real. That's actually true. Or, do you think so? No, that's actually, the more I think about it, there was like almost zero like romantic. Te- actually, no, the romance was, the romance was limited. It was once or twice. Yeah. It was, I didn't feel the, the chemistry. There weren't really the, the vibes. No. That. Exactly. But you know what? Like I'm a sucker for a Christmas movie. I am. I am such a sucker for a Christmas movie. If you show me a Christmas movie, there doesn't even need to be romance. I'm there. I'm there. Bring it to me. Me too. Me, the romance thing is important. Really? I think, okay. Yeah. The issue with this one is that I think the whole, the whole story was basically about the whole Christmas drop. That was the main thing. Mm. And then it was mm. kind of like accidental that they fell in love like it wasn't part it wasn't the main story that they didn't even fall in love they didn't didn't she go back home what happened they they kissed at the end yeah anyway you know (laughs) (laughs) fam like because even i i scrolled twitter and i was like now because obviously i was checking like what people think of it and obviously like the pull from guam were like why why the hell are we depicted like some people who don't have electricity or like education or word or peace on twitter yeah <laughs> like don't watch this movie nini wait it was a mess yeah uh, yeah i think people Yo. are becoming more aware of that like white savior trope and to be honest it's in 2020 to try and make a movie where you're showing the u.s it was the, was it their air force not the military but anyway any arm of the u.s military being like philanthropists rather than what they actually do in the world i don't think people are falling for that now like it's fun yeah the un peacekeepers are nonsense like there's no way you can make me believe that the u.s military is doing good and then gosh you know the worst the worst scene was when um kat graham gives that girl her bag and everything inside i was like are you (laughs) kidding me are you kidding? So, like if this was in Africa, what? <laughs> yeah. Should have I, eh, been dragged. I hated that. Like, you know, actually, as she was giving the girl the things, I was like, I see you just give her the whole bag. Then she actually gave her the bag. I was like, gosh, really? Like, it was just so overdone. <laughs> yeah. As in, why? Like, why was that necessary? As in, I was like, because, you know, me, I really thought they were giving like i thought it was um like um like you remember that that island that um some missionary tried to go into and then he was shot dead i think i thought it was similar but these people know about the outside world i was like okay like yeah. what did you just give her your whole bag this guy can't be that ignorant like, to be honest, it was gosh. a weird. It was a weird premise for a Christmas movie. First of all, it was barely snowing. It was hot. I feel like that goes against Christmas movie stuff. Like, you can't make a Christmas movie where it's hot. You know, that's number one. <laughs> then, like, also the whole plot again okay. involving the military. Like, that's just so weird. I don't know. Anyway, maybe they were trying something new. I don't know if. I don't know if it was hit or miss. I haven't seen the reviews. 
I don't know what people thought, but for me, I was just, I just thought it was weird. Like, I prefer things like, um, what's the one with Vanessa Hudgens where she's like a princess? Bus. Yeah, I feel like that's that one, the ridiculous story. That's more the Christmas vibes, you know? That's what I like. Yeah. Yeah, even if the plot dynamic sets, like, at least, at least the rom-com element is the strongest part of it. That's for me, that's what I need, like, even if the story is ridiculous. <laughs> yeah. yeah. No, I, I thought that at least they could have sort of... It, it felt more like in, like, military propaganda, tourism propaganda, and, like, Christmas stuff on the side. Like, it was half, like, an amazing advert for how nice Guam was, and then look at how great the American military is. Oh, and it wasn't really... I was watching it and like, see, for example, the scene like where they went swimming under the sea and like they were doing all this stuff and they were going like on the plane and they were looking at all the lovely views. I was like, hold on, am I mm. watching Travel Channel? Or am I watching <laughs> Like somebody needs to, and considering that people from Guam don't even like it, to me, that's even more insulting because it's like, well, you're not even really showing what they want to be seen from their country. You're showing like stuff that you want to be seen as in America, I guess, because America is in America. Yeah, and then at the end of the, the movie, they were like, it's not even just based on other remote islands that they, 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 there's actually a program that they do with, um, I think, the Japanese and the Australians, which they mentioned in the movie, but they, they for real do it with other remote islands. But I was like, okay, then name a fictional island rather than using a real place where people don't live like that, you know? Yeah. Mm -hmm. I, that's true. You know, a good I was even wondering why they agreed to, you know, do it. Okay, I guess, you know, there's that rep representation thing, but that representation politics is harmful sometimes because now you're going to look a bit, now you're going to be misrepresented on film forever. Like, that's, that's, that's going to be your Netflix forever. Like, mm -hmm. mm. I, I think that a good marker of a Christmas film is whether or not you'd watch it again. I don't think I'd watch it's it again. Because it's like, there wasn't much about it that was like, oh, I'd love to see that again. Like, I wouldn't watch it again for the, the love story. I wouldn't necessarily watch it again for the actual plot. Like, it was a bit wishy-washy for me. Mm. Honestly, Kat Graham deserved better. Oh, no, her name's not Kat Graham. <laughs> what's her it name? What's her name? man. Wait, what's her name is not Kat Graham. I feel so bad. What's it her is, name? It is. Is it? Yeah. yeah. Okay. I thought I got it wrong. Anyway, yes, she deserves better. Um, because you know she's been in another Netflix movie, and even that one did bang. To be fair, she was in another one. Which one knows it? She was in another Christmas movie about. It was about the what do you call that thing? Oh. Advent calendar, the thing you get uh, in December where you eat like one chocolate a day. Things of Christmas. Yes, yes. She was in. She was in such a movie. Wait, did none of you watch it? That one was much better. Oh, you watched it? <laughs> they did that. Actually. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> remember, remember that um that gift. Oh, remember that gift of Scarlett Johansson dancing in that movie of hers. Oh yeah. Have you seen it? 
marriage story. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. As in, they did cut Graham even worse than that gif, like. <laughs> yeah, Bro. I honestly, I was just <laughs> like, what are you doing? Why? <laughs> I didn't even feel like it was necessary for the plot, her dancing. I just, I didn't get why it was done. Was it like for comedic effect or like, just why? I think so. They did her so dirty with that dancing. And I didn't really get it. Cause like, it's not realistic. What, her not that being able to dance? Somebody <laughs> to dance like that to that type of music, whether or not you can dance. Uh, yes her not being able to dance but also like if you you really can't dance like you'll bang out a little two-step do you know what i mean like you wouldn't yeah. and you're somebody that's embarrassed like you wouldn't go like swinging your arms around like <laughs> they made her then dance. like her character is so like uptight like where did she suddenly start dancing like that <laughs> yeah Hi. Uh-uh. anyway i hope there are more christmas anyway. waiting for us i hope there are some better ones because I just feel like that that one wasn't that good, honestly. I hope this this I'm there for watching Vanessa Hudgens. She's creating a, a Christmas movie empire. She's she's doing it the right <laughs> way. She's doing it the right way. Props to her. <laughs> Hers are actually good. Bro. I'm enjoying okay. them. Okay. Yeah, let's go on to America. US. Okay. I mean electro. Bro, those guys, I mean, how many days do you need to count, like, gosh? Yeah, that took so long. They are still counting. I don't even think they're done. Like, yesterday, I said... You know, my dad is still watching it. He still tells me to put CNN. Nah, as we clocked out. Because, like, I swear yesterday, they... Announced Georgia or Arizona. I was like, dude, this election happened like a week ago. Yeah, because when the vote comes in and it's within like half a percentage point of fifty percent, they have it's an automatic like recount or mm-hmm. between half a percentage point of each other. It depends. Different states have different rules. Okay, so they want. And then I think a full hand recount. Okay. Huh? No, I'm saying so it means they were possibly they were recounting. It wasn't that they were had just finished counting the original ones. Well, some states had just finished counting the original ones, but some had um ordered like I know in Georgia there was an order for a full hand recount because they don't usually count them by hand. Yeah. Completely by hand. Yeah. Um but in Georgia they had to count them all again completely by hand. And they're but I don't understand. Like last year, um, I mean, Trump won, and then the next day, that's all I had of it. There was nothing else to be done. There was no endless nini um, coverage of the counting because it wasn't as. Or did Hillary not dispute any of the counting? Because I don't understand. It's it's kind of a mixture of two. Like Hillary obviously didn't put up her. She actually acknowledged that she lost. And then it wasn't as close in as many states because you you can't declare unless it's pretty much certain that the state isn't going to flip. But like for a lot of states, the number of votes between Trump and Biden was like not even in 
okay not a lot but for some key states it wasn't even between like the tens of thousands it was like nine thousand at one point i think in pennsylvania it was like 900 like it it was very close so they had to keep counting and counting and counting and counting yeah and also they had the mm, okay so time. what i found interesting about this oh, yeah. Mandy, you're going to say something no, I was just saying they had the mail-in ballots. So I think that also delayed it early on, like the first couple of days, because they were still waiting for some votes to come in. People didn't all vote in person. So I think that also slowed things down. But I'm not sure. Wait, you mm, know that's that true. Oh, I was going um, to say. Oh. <laughs> you I was guys, going to okay. say, you know, they had the mail-in ballots in 2016 as well. Like, they're not new Really? But like it was a majority, majority people like mailed it in, right? I don't think so. I don't think it was like. I, I don't think so. I mean, I don't want to. Okay, what I saw. But there was a rise. Okay. Oh, okay. Sorry, I didn't know who was talking. No, I was saying what I saw was that what happened was mostly Republicans went to vote in person, and then a lot of Democrats went to vote by mail because of COVID. That's what I saw. So that there was places that like initially, like on the election day, it was looking like the state was red. But then the next day, when they started counting in, the next day and the, uh, the days after, when they start counting in the mailing ballots, it becomes closer. The margin was then closing. That's, that's one of the things I saw as well. So I think that affected it as mm -hmm. well. And that's actually one of the reasons why Trump is disputing the election, because he's like, all the mailing ballots are fake, they are fraudulent like i won at the polls so everything that came in by mail is fake and like i like all of it is, is fraudulent that's what i saw bro he's actually i don't know he's too he's old what is he going to he's going to croak there but even biden is old like these men are just old. like <laughs> just go home they you know, are so old but one thing i found interesting <laughs> yeah one thing i found interesting Thing was um after the win you know the day after so there were obviously different reactions and then um what was it so a lot of people obviously were like happy biden has won blah 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 happy because trump has lost basically because most people voted because they wanted trump to lose um and some there are some people who wanted biden to win like genuinely wanted biden to win didn't like bernie um and then there was this other side of twitter which i am on <laughs> um okay which i see a lot on my tl um that was like why are you guys celebrating like this is not a win for black people it's not a win for black men it's not a win for trans women um everybody who's been affected by biden and kamala which be, which is obvious because biden was the one who like proposed one of the people who proposed that i think the three strikes bill and Kamala and her record is bad. So, I mean, I get the mood there. Like, I get people don't want Biden. And, you know, obviously, people are tweeting, like, I hate presidents. Like, you guys, why are you saying you're going to keep this president in check? I don't see anybody keeping him in check, blah, blah, blah. So, I was like, okay, I understand that. Like, I understand that feeling. But, like, did you guys want Trump to win? Because it's either Trump was in or like you get these people who have put bad policy in the past so it's not like bernie was a third candidate you get like 
what did you guys want to happen? Because that's going to happen either way. So did you want everybody to be depressed despite the result? Because they voted for a particular result. So I don't understand. Yeah. But then I, I also, under, I, I mean, I also feel like people shouldn't tell them that they're being bad mind because, I mean, those guys would probably, I mean, Obama's policies were just, I mean, what was happening during his presidency and then people don't talk about it. So, yeah, I don't know, man. Okay. Uh, okay. Those are many points. So let me, let me see where I'll start. Let me start with the, um, whether people should have been happy Biden and Kamala won or not. Right. The thing that I don't get is like when people say like, Oh, um, this president won't be good for this particular group or this many groups. Um, I think if you try and understand electoral politics, it's more about like the macro, the bigger things than necessarily the small things. Cause it's like no president will ever be good for most people. Just, I, I don't know, in my opinion, anyway, the nature of government is that, and how difficult it is to change things there. I don't think you can expect that, okay, if I go today and I vote for so-and-so, it's going to change my life in a massive way. It will maybe change your life in the smaller ways where it's like maybe there's a comprehensive coronavirus response. That's huge. They need that. They don't mm-hmm. have that currently. You know, that's something that affects a bigger section of the population. And you might say like, oh, okay, that's not enough of a reason for me. But I'm like, these things the federal government can do for you and having competent people there helps. So I feel like in that sense, I don't agree with people who say, because this person didn't put policies that helped my community or, you know, let's say the black community or the LGBT community, or, you know, like you're saying, Kamala stands on prisons and like all those things. Obviously they're not perfect in these issues, but in many ways they're better for you just as someone who lives in that country than the Trump administration. No. So that's my, my view on it. And then I'm like, at the same time during this election, you saw a lot of like community organizers and people like that come together who are doing a lot of work like on the grassroots. So I feel like you shouldn't put all your hope in presidential elections. That's just one part. They can't fix everything. So that's my view on it at the moment anyway. Yeah. Because even at the end of the day, I get the, I get what they're saying because like under Obama, Biden, kids are in ages so like i understand the sentiment but the people who changed like the georgia thing the what's her name um that the the one who almost became the governor but didn't people are saying that she was starting to become the vp gosh um <laughs> stacy abrams yeah um yeah so like it was through their efforts like grassroots efforts that actually managed to get people like um, registered to vote and you know you kind of try to what was it like what was it like scale back the gerrymandering or no voter suppression that was it yeah yeah it's true like electoral politics won't do anything especially in america it won't do shit like yeah. Bro, in any country but i was like oh the mood is so pessimistic yeah oh no i thought Maddie was going to say something so i was waiting for her to do <laughs> Oh, no, I I was going to say, I think that, like, it's very easy to kind of, like, get drawn into absolutes. I think, like, both can be true at the same time. Like, I I do kind of, I agree, like, that, to be honest, to bring political change, I think 
it's difficult to say like oh yeah you know be happy with biden because i i think conversely like for example in the uk like if we had a labor government like i, I that's the only way i can compare it because it's like the only other sort of i mean the uk isn't really a two-party system but it has two big parties it's the only like close comparator that i have the most experience with and like for me it feels like just because there's a least option it doesn't mean you should be happy and i also think that people should be reminded that the option they voted for wasn't necessarily the best case scenario it was just the least worst case scenario because for one you have to manage people's expectations and for two for a lot of people the idea of like biden coming in now things will go back normal corona aside in america so it will make him seem like this outstanding president like i mean i hope that he's great and everything but if he's just normal regular regular democrat like everything will go back to normal and that's not like a sign that there's been necessarily positive change in the grand scheme of things i think that that's why like it does seem like sort of let people have their moment let people be happy but i do think that at the same time those voices should be there to temper that mood a bit because most politicians do disappoint you mm. one way or another. Like, and I do think for black people, it definitely is a, a win getting Trump out because the rhetoric was dangerous. But when I was watching like CNN and stuff and they were talking about like, I think they had, I don't know if you guys know, he's either a, a representative or a senator. He's a Republican. His name's Rick Santorum. And he was sort of on the rest of the people in CNN and Democrats. So American news is insane. And um he was saying like i think you guys are really overstating overstating how important rhetoric is and like people speaking nicely to each other is in terms of like bringing change mm-hmm. you're not going to have a part there being racist or like endorsing racists it doesn't mean that racism will stop yeah really yeah don't. Yeah. Well, that's interesting because I didn't see anything like that on CNN when I was watching. I just remember seeing Van Jones crying and then saying that you should forgive racists. I was like, what is he saying? I was seeing Van Jones talking about forgiving racists. Like, what the hell is he talking about? I mean, why is he going back to Kumbaya and crying on TV? Bro, is this serious? We saw him in, we saw him oh, taking girl. pictures with Trump. But this is Van Jones. It's not back to combat. Van Jones is the embodiment of politics aside. He is <laughs> it, Like if politics aside was a person, it would be Van Jones, which is great <laughs> sometimes. But when you're coming on telly and you're like, it's a lot easier to be a parent this morning when it's in the afternoon. So he clearly prepared that speech. And then saying something along the lines of like, you know, like when you see this guy and like, he's so horrible and he's mean to black people. Why were you laughing with him in his office then? Why are you laughing with his son then? He obviously wasn't that horrible when he was in the Oval Office, was he? Van Jones is like, I don't even know what word I can use to describe someone like him. You know, there are certain like black people that they, they use their, their, the political, the capital they know they have as a black person in a room, like him, being a CNN anchor, there are not that many black CNN political pundits there. So he knows like the space he occupies 
And he's always trying to play, in my opinion, some kind of role. So like when Trump was the president, he was now saying, we need to work with him on criminal justice reform, all these things. But then now when Trump is out, he's going to pretend that he never was trying to bootleg. Like he was bootlegging. That's what he was doing, you know. And one of, he's one of the few black voices on CNN. So all his white counterparts think, white, maybe were thinking black people were willing to work with Trump. And then now, it's just, I don't know. I just dislike when people who have the kind of position that he has, you know, when you have the, when you're the representative of sorts, of so many people, and you go and act a fool like that, it just really pisses me off. I really dislike it. Yeah, and for him, even the crime, it seems so fake. It seems so fake. Like, I just didn't buy it at all. At all. It's like acting. And it's so interesting because Don Lemon is, has become more radical than him and he's black. And it's like, what are you doing? I think he was prepared to do the same thing if Trump had won. So then now he was coming with crocodile tears. Exactly. And I think that's how CNN will be for the next four years. They'll pretend that they're going to be critical, but they're not going to do that. They're just going to be soft on them. Them and what's this called? Trevor Noah is also other fan. That one is a fan. As in, I can't believe I was the biggest fan. Like when Trevor Noah started this daily show thing, I, I watched his startups. I even watched the first episode of that thing. Yeah. Now he's become a fed. A fed. Like what was why? He I don't really watch him anymore. Same, because he became a fed. Like, he's busy supporting U.S. imperialism. I don't know. There was something that happened in Venezuela, and he was so soft on it. I was like, what the hell are you doing? Like, that guy's a fed. Like, you know, somebody should make, you know, those threads, something that doesn't feel like a fed, but he's a fed. Yeah, that's you. <laughs> Bro. Yeah. I think there's, like, there's definitely for me, especially now after watching this election, I think there's a real gap in terms of like the people that are presented in the media speaking for black people. Because I think more, like more time, they don't sound like any black person I know, like ever. And I'm like, what are you saying? And why are you being given the platform to say this? Do you know? I don't know. Like I'm not saying all black people should have like, we're not a monolith. Obviously, we don't all think the same. But Bro, having people like Van Jones speak for us, like, that's a problem, bro. That's, that's a huge problem. You know what? Strangely enough, I, I don't necessarily agree. I think that posing people as the spokesperson for a community rather than what that person says is more is worse. You know, like mm. because I, I actually wouldn't say that like Van Jones puts himself up there as like a, a um a representative of black people worldwide. Like he never well actually he might have, but the first thing that he said in that um sort of soliloquy was like it's easier to be a parent. Like he didn't say like it's easier to be a black person. Mm. So I like I don't know, I think sometimes we it it depends on the gaze that people take looking at that person rather than that person because no one would ever say like oh as a representative for like white suburban moms like yada 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 is really damaging like do you know what i mean mm -mm -mm. i think the thing for me is that like i said before cnn doesn't have that many prominent i would say 
black political pundits or presenters, there's Don Lemon and there's him, right? Who else is there? I don't, I don't None that I know. Men, but those are the two that I know, right? So for me, obviously, I know he doesn't speak for black people. He doesn't say that he does. But I can't, like, when that's the only representation you have to a large swath of people, I just think it's, it's damaging. Like, obviously, he doesn't speak for black people. I don't think that. But to a lot of people who watch CNN, he's one of, he's one of the two. So then what, what, what does that say? You know, I guess that's the view that I take. Well, to be fair, I did see another black woman there, like, she was there with uh, that white man, who is it? what's his name? He always has a screw face, and then whenever he talks to Trump, he likes to, like, or to Trump um, AIDS, like, he always, he's always, like, trying to search them out for lies and shit, but then, like, even her, she was a bit, like, but, you know, CNN is largely, um, what do you call it, liberal, neoliberal, so there's, there's no way they would have anybody far left talking there. You know, they are not like Fox. Like there's no um, far left equivalent of Fox. There I isn't think. really. Um, the other day, there isn't really a sorry? far left in America. The Democrats are basically the Tories. Yeah. Like there's no, it's mm. not, <laughs> they're not some radical left party. Mm. This is the thing. Like I'm not saying we need someone far um, uh, I think. We need someone that doesn't, we need more people, especially like in the media that don't all share like the exact same politics, especially just in the mainstream, you know? And that's not to say we need far left. Mm. Because I don't even think being left over jokes can be called far left, in my opinion, honestly. <laughs> so he's a conservative. Them are not like <laughs> socialists at all. No. Where like people were falling over mm. themselves because I think um Biden wanted to tax people that were earning over six hundred k. Do you know what six hundred k is, bro? Six hundred k. Six hundred k. That would have been controversial <laughs> if the Tories said that here. Six hundred k. Bro, I'm not even. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But oh, the okay. people. The people that are upset about that 600k, I honestly feel like they're the same people who would come in on, online to be talking about Birkins. It's like, you've never seen one. Like, you know, there's people who I think just live in a different world. Like, they're not in the same world as us. Like, you've never seen 600k. Most of us, who knows? Okay, God willing, maybe we do. But why are you even, like, why are you having this debate? It doesn't affect you. Like, that's, what, what does this have to do with you? I just don't understand. It's a bit delusional, you know. Bro, them them aspirational conservatives, or um, what is it? Socially conservative? No, socially liberal, and then financially conservative. Mm. I, I used to think like that, but then now you see the ridiculousness of it, and then it's like, okay, fam. Like, you're not going to make a million. Relax, you know. I think financial conservatism can work, but like, the problem is that it never does. Like you see that with the Republicans, they're supposed to be like super conservative, but like they were basically just propping up big business. Then you see here, you come over to the Tories, they're supposed to be financially conservative. What are they doing? Spending hundreds of millions on PPE contracts, companies that aren't delivering. Like this isn't financial conservatism. They're not responsible with money. Like, <laughs> so it only works. Like, 
I feel like everything in theory can work if it's implemented correctly, but usually it's never implemented correctly. So it doesn't work. Yeah. Yeah. Like I feel I agree with you, Brianna, because I think okay. if shall we move on? Oh, sorry. I was gonna just talk about the financial conservatism thing. Because I was thinking, you know what? I could oh, go ahead. Yeah, I could vote for someone who was a financial conservative, yeah? If what they ran on was like improving systems to make them more efficient rather than always saying, we don't have the money or we're not going to give you the money. Because I think, I think many people, depending on where you are in the world, obviously I can't say everyone, but many people do think government run things are usually run poorly maybe most times because of bureaucracy or whatever, there's a lot of wastage. So I understand why someone might be financially conservative in that you don't want the money being wasted or mishandled or stolen and all the kind of things that tend to happen, especially for us like here in Africa, you start a project and like 90% of the funds are stolen, do you know? So I could understand someone being a financial conservative in that you don't want, you want the government to do things efficiently. But the, what I've seen, especially from the right, financial conservatism is never about streamlining things and making them work better. It's about just scrapping it. Like, no, the government shouldn't spend money on anything. And in that sense, I'm like, okay, no, that, that I can't support, you know? So yeah, I feel like it just depends on how it's framed. No, but then one thing about that is like, um, sometimes the government just always, um, in the end, works with corporations private corporations which raises an eyebrow because it's like what are you doing as in because the other day um like here in kenya who supposedly launched a covid um ward or whatever with nairobi hospital and i'm like nairobi hospital is private so why was the president involved you know so it's like they could have done that in Kenyatta Hospital, the public hospital. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, that raises an eyebrow. So are they going to say it's Uhuru's thing? Like, or people, are they, like, how are people going to pay? Obviously, it's Nairobi Hospital, so people are going to have to pay for that. So it's like, sometimes um, private, in, I mean, in, in Kenya anyway, the, the economy is mostly like a monopoly. Like, everything is a monopoly. So even that private thing isn't really private, like Safaricom isn't private. In the end, the government relies on it. Yeah. So sometimes it's a bit fishy. I think we haven't gotten to that stage. Maybe in the UK or in the US, they have less of monopoly, you know. So as we're still in that stage where it's like, whether they waste the money or not, they're still relying on um, private corporations. So it's all nasty in the end. To be be fair like just kind of as a closing thing um privatization is like a key sort of facet of financial slash fiscal conservatism it's supposed to help save money but i just feel like a lot of the time it just doesn't because it usually sort of aligns itself with like not not cronyism what's the other one like sort of where you give to people that aren't necessarily friends and family where contracts start being given out to people that aren't necessarily the most qualified and the most efficient but like sort of the most conveniently adjacent and it leads to like waste yeah. I, I don't know if you guys get what I'm trying to say yeah I think so I think I understand I didn't really want to I wanted to be a bit more 
diplomatic than that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think cronyism works as well. <laughs> oh, go ahead. Yeah, yeah, but you, you get the point that I'm trying to make. Like, it ends up being, yeah, I, I don't know how to say it, it diplomatically as well as possible, but the, the point is, is that it, everything can work. Everything can work if people do everything for the good of the country. Yeah. But they rarely do. That's never the case, though. Yeah. Actually, mm-hmm. speaking of COVID, before we move on. Oh, speaking of... Oh, sorry. Yeah, speaking uh, of COVID, um, just yesterday, I, re- um, I read an article about how the NHIF in Kenya, which is the National Health Insurance Fund. So basically every Kenyan that works pays into this fund so that if you're ever admitted into hospital or anything like that, that's the insurance cover that you use to a certain extent. Um, So apparently the NHIF has said they're not gonna um, fund COVID treatment. So if you are admitted for COVID, they're not gonna pay bills basically for COVID patients. And I don't know, I feel like that really, I don't know, because obviously as a Kenyan, I live in constant disappointment like all the time, but I just felt like in a country where a COVID test is 10,000 Kenya shillings, surely, yeah? How can you say that you're not going to fund or help people who have been paying into their NHIF as workers, maybe for how, I don't know how many years, you're not going to help them pay those bills. How are they supposed to pay them? And then currently we're in our second wave. So what you're doing now is you're encouraging people to even not go to get tested because they know they don't have the money and the insurance is not even going to cover it. So what are you trying to foster like in this country? Like what exactly are you trying to do? You know, and you know, usually I'm used to us having this conversation about healthcare with like maybe America or UK, but I think as Kenyans, we've never really had that healthcare conversation because as a country, I think even the current government, the Jubilee government has said they, try, they want to implement universal healthcare. So how can you say your goal at the end of your presidency is to mm. universal healthcare and then at the same time have the national health insurance refuse to cover the pandemic? Like, what are you saying to Kenyans, you know? So, yeah, I think governments everywhere are just failing people during this pandemic. Yo, Uhuru is not even serious. He moved the curfew one hour up. So what is that supposed to do? Honestly. So now Corona will wait until 10 p.m. instead of 11 p.m. Like, is he serious? He just... is <laughs> a joke. Like, I don't even want to start. That guy, man. Uh-huh. They've lost... How have you guys... And then, it, and then it's up to January. So... Mm? How have you guys been finding it? Because, like, I know, like, for example, just for context, like, I'm in the UK, so... It's like sort of complete lockdown, like no good times. But like, how has it been for you guys? How people are saying there's no corona. Now it's like literally nobody is wearing masks. Literally, like I live at the end of the, I live like at the end of the, how do I say? Um, like I live at the corner of our estate, yeah. When I just like pop to buy something, nobody's wearing a mask at all because obviously there's nobody to like check you. But obviously, in the in, in the CBD, like in town, people wear masks because they're cops. But people just wear a mask because of cops. You know, we don't want the cop to catch you. But literally, it's like, people are like, there's no corona. I don't know, Maddie the other day had an experience. 
like and then you know it surged up by 16 percent so now like yeah. it's become serious again i mean it was serious before but now as in this second wave this second wave so far is worse than the first wave like so much worse you know the deaths have gone up um frontline mm. workers are dying like in crazy numbers i think this week it's up to five already have passed away and in a country where we're already having a shortage of medical workers that's we're heading into crisis like this is not looking good you know but people are acting very calm and i'm like this is very very bad like we can't afford to be losing doctors because we don't even have that many to begin with like just to start off mm. but yeah as martha is saying uh most people don't believe covid is real in nairobi from my experience like most people i talk to like if i'm in the uber or whatever they're like ah let them open up the country we know they just lied about covid so they could steal all the funds all the like aid money that came in because there was a lot like in march early on there was a lot of money that came in i think from like who and all those other places to deal with covid and then there was uh, yeah for the thought africa would suffer exactly so there was a lot of money that came in then um i think maybe in august or in september there was an expose about how the ministry of health basically gave out all these tenders using the money for the aid money to buy all these ppes that then ended up being stored um and not being used nobody was buying them they were completely overpriced and then people had basically basically what you're talking about the chronic capitalism all friends of the government got tenders to provide ppes and then they've just been sitting in that storage somewhere so most kenyans just decided oh this is not real they just did it so they could steal money so kenyans want, are going about their normal life because you know this is what feeds into conspiracy theories like they already are seeing stuff on the internet saying oh covid isn't real or you can be cured if you do this and that hydroxychloroquine all that stuff and then to have a corruption scandal right now i think in most kenyans just completely insensitive they're just like whatever it's not happening yeah so we pray for the best <laughs> so i can see yeah yesterday i saw some people's stories like some people were in the club team like nobody cares about corona basically like you can, people are just going out and doing living their own lives but for me now i'm going to be more cautious because uh, i'm not trying to because even now i've had like my uncle i mean you know i'm hearing now they're getting it and it's like okay it's sort of a joke you know it's but really, it's getting for the best like that even i'm becoming i'm okay to be fair i've always been careful like i'm only ever meeting like people in small groups and in open places and stuff like that but i think even i'm now going to be a lot more careful because i already told martha last week i got invited somewhere and i showed up and i thought it was gonna be like max 10 15 people i get in then it's like 40 people in one apartment and i'm like there's no way i'm staying here this is a covid hotspot you know i'm out of here like i left like so and then you think this person might one day call you to have lunch with you next week and they possibly expose themselves you know so yeah i think we should all just be a lot more careful now because it's it's getting bad here for sure i don't know how it is in london you guys have gone back into and it's funny those 
sorry. Yeah. Oh, I was going to say, it's funny those people who are saying, if you say no to events, you're lame. And then I see those tweets and then somebody's like, those people who said that, now they have COVID. So you said I'm lame, but I'm lame, but with no COVID. Yeah. So excuse you. <laughs> How is it in um, UK, by the way? Because me, I just saw that they put a curfew, but then they're saying that they're putting like different alert levels for different places. Oh dear. Yeah. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> So I, nothing that the government says affects me in any way, because I'm a hermit. I do not go anywhere, uh, apart from the supermarket. But um, we are now in full lockdown. We're not in the tiered lockdown anymore. Um, full lockdown is a bit, there's still people out. Schools are still open. I don't think restaurants are open or pubs. I could be wrong. I mean, every piece of new restriction somehow revolves around what's going to happen to the pubs. So, yeah, but I, I mean, at this point, like, I just feel like it's never ending, like, in the UK. It's just never ending because, like, they they relaxed all the restrictions, like, almost to nothing in August. And then, like, you can literally see now, like, the chart from March is literally like this. And the death, I think there were, like, 500 deaths again the other day. Like, God forbid... If we carry on like this, winter will be much worse than the first wave. And that is genuinely scary to me because it's like, as you were saying, like people are going to want to celebrate and like you're going to be invited to events. And when you go to these events, you might see more people there than you imagine. Mm -hmm. And like, you don't want to be like flaking on people. But at the same time, like, I don't want COVID. Like, because mm -hmm. the things I read about Corona, like it's not like uh, either you get it and you're sick and you recover or you die like it's like people's teeth are falling out and like people are and their lungs are collapsing like girl like <laughs> i read these things and i'm like yeah. i don't really want any parts like <laughs> it's one thing to get oh. a really bad cough but like there are people that i think it was a 12 year old or a 13 year old like his adult teeth started falling out because he got covid and i was like mm. Um, <laughs> honestly i was like and in these corona times you can't even take a quick trip to turkey and get some new teeth like you have to just stay with your no teeth until corona's over <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. yeah i think that's like another no, i had you know some schools opened and then no you go oh i was saying some schools opened and then you know obviously the kids were told to go home and then they didn't imagine they didn't test the kids. They only tested the, the teachers. So the kids went home. What corona? No, actually, no. Some some teachers caught the caught corona. Then everybody, I mean, school was shut down. But they didn't test the kids. So the kids have gone home. But they only tested the teachers. So I think because it's teachers who got it, so teachers alone should be tested. I. Is this in Kenya? Yeah. It's absolutely unreal. Like. And the thing is, the government is never going to admit that they made a mistake opening the schools in September. Because you remember the original government policy was that they were going to open in January, right? And then, because of the scandal, all of a sudden things got rushed and they were like, we flattened the curve, the kids can go back to school. And then now we are facing disaster. But, you know, like now they, Again. they, can't, walk it back. they can't walk it back. 
So it's just the like, maddest thing is, and then politicians are holding rallies, and then they're saying, and then they're trying to blame like the ones not calling people mm-hmm. to come for those things. And the maddest thing is, like, until it's gone, hey, man. the world, like, it's it's not gone. Because all it takes is like, I think they have like, was it 10 million cases in America now? All it takes is one American to turn up somewhere or one British person to turn up somewhere yeah. and we're back to square one. Exactly. It's actually mm. insane. Exactly. Uh, I don't know. Hey, we pray, we pray, we pray, we pray. I don't know. Yeah, well, the vaccine is, should be out sometime next year. So we pray. it. <laughs> You, was, you saw that tweet, someone was like, I won't try that vaccine because they'll put a chip in you. But like, sis, you have an iPhone. <laughs> like, you have a Gmail not account. What's that going to do? Like, I'm not even trying to be me. Uh, to be honest, that, that Twitter is so ridiculous. Like, what were you saying, Maddie? No, I was just saying, I'm not even trying to be mean, but some of, like, there are some good conspiracy theories out there, but some of the ones people choose to believe, just like, girl you can do better than this like if the government wants to track you they don't need to put a chip in your body like it's not necessary there are so many reasons why it's dumb but, but honestly there are so many reasons why it's dumb like i don't know if anyone's ever actually seen a microchip being implanted because i have like a dog I've, I've seen the you can still feel it it's like a grain of rice they can't put that in the type of needle you get from a vaccine you can't it's not possible yeah. It's because they watch they watch a lot of TV, so they think a microchip is liquid form. <laughs> what? <laughs> what? <laughs> I hadn't heard of that. Bro, so they, don't ask me. They think the microchip will be liquid. Yeah. Then suddenly it's in the neck. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Because in the movies, they usually put it here. Star Dog is killing my people. <laughs> I'm not gonna lie. Early on, um, when Bill Gates was on the networks talking about the vaccine, I was also hesitant. So I'm not gonna lie. Like, I was like, I don't trust this dude. <laughs> I really don't trust him. But, but you know, I would say I don't trust it because of this like health side effects. I don't know the side effects health wise. Yeah. But microchip, really, yeah. it's not that. The, the microchip isn't anything that I'm concerned about. If the government wanted to find me, they could find me very easily. If they could find Osama bin Laden, they could find me. They wouldn't need a microchip to do it. It's very easy. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I think that, like, I'm particularly hesitant about the vaccine because, like, I, I found it was very smelly that Pfizer came and said, hi guys, our vaccine is very effective. That was what my problem was. Like, imagine me coming to you guys and being like, hi guys, like, my food is better than, like, this Michelin star restaurant food. Believe me. Even though nobody has verified it. Like, is it not very they, want, they, they don't want us to buy from the Russians and the Chinese. That's what they don't want. What? Like, well, they, they obviously have safety data. They've tested it. It's been tested. But that wasn't like a peer-reviewed report. It was Pfizer coming out and saying, our vaccine is very effective. Hey, come on now. Essentially. So I, I thought it was a bit cheeky because obviously that's going to push up stocks. Like, 
Yeah. You can't come out and say your own vaccine is very effective. You're very cheeky. <laughs> Bro, I don't know why America thinks that their federal, what is it, that um, organization that tests their their medicines and things, they think they're the best. Like, no. Yeah. Yeah. There's so many people who make medicines. You guys, relax. Yeah. yeah. To be fair, I was reading that even though Pfizer made this announcement, there's so many other like vac- people working on the vaccine that another company might release the vaccine before them. Like it's not guaranteed that the Pfizer one will come out first. So I agree with Brie. I think it was a commercial move more than anything because it's not guaranteed that they're actually going to be the first ones on the market. Like it's not been peer reviewed. So yeah, who knows? Who knows? They might be the first ones out in America, but maybe not in other places. Because I know like even after it's kind of like approved in the US, it still has to be approved but in the EU, in the UK, like, and as you mm. said, for other companies like AstraZeneca, I think of others that aren't really coming to my head right now, but there are quite a few. Yeah. Gosh. Honestly, I think until we get the vaccine, we are all just going to be living in this cycle of lockdowns and then easing measures and then lockdowns and easing measures. That's, I don't see any other way until then. We just have to get used to it. Hi, it's going to be hectic. Kwanzaa, because as we are heading into, we are not actually heading into elections, but they keep every four years always treated like an election period, which is annoying. Yeah. But yeah, um, politicians are holding rallies again, which are like COVID that's hotspots. A, so the referendum, which I don't even know why we are having, but it's, there's a referendum supposed to come up before the election. That's what the rallies are for. Right? So you see, we are going to be constantly in an election period. Yeah, pretty much. I mean, voting period. Yeah, yeah. So it's, it's going to be annoying. Um, I remember something when we talk about conspiracy theories. Um, <laughs> remember, I think I remember Summer Walker had an interview. I didn't read the interview, but then she was like, when I talk about systematic racism and other things, you people want to attack me. But then when I post a picture, I you what, what. And then someone was like, girls, because you're not smart. Wow. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I saw that. Um, celebrities have really been doing a lot during this period. Like, even Kourtney Kardashian, I think she posted something about masks and how, I don't know, this, um, she was basically saying there's some carcinogenic powder in the masks, so we shouldn't wear masks. It's like, we're going to get cancer. Yeah, celebrities are, like, saying... First of all, it's just, yeah, so Summer Walker is not by herself with her conspiracy theories. <laughs> there are others. <laughs> so, yes. these people, who gave them social media? Like, why? Bro, not everyone deserves a platform, but um, I think this just goes back to what you said the other time about how people shouldn't really be looking to celebrities to be their thought leaders like if you're going to mm-hmm. Kardashian to tell you about masks so Sama Walker to tell you about presidential elections maybe don't do that you know like we need some personal responsibility as well like people should just it's, not it's, it's always so funny seeing people defend them as well like they I see people saying like oh Sam Walker is talking about real shit and you people what what like they, oh it's how opinion but opinion is wrong ah bro i get tired it's but... 
It's so anyway, sad. Um, I used to really like her music, but now I can't even listen to her music because I know like how dumb she is. Like I just, I can't even enjoy it. Like, <laughs> guys, if you're one of her fans and you're going to cover us for calling her dumb, like, come on now, come on now, <laughs> don't just. Don't. I don't. I don't think Summer Walker has fans, but if she does, it is what it is. <laughs> Yeah, it is what it is, man. We're not going to fight you over Summer Walker. <laughs> Try another one. Um, but, I, okay, maybe we should talk about the tweet, the what is feminism, no, what feels like feminism, but is it feminism? So yeah. I think the only interesting things I saw out of that tweet, of course, we added mine because I was like, strong female characters need to go like, oh, it reminded me, remember that scene um, in, what was it, the latest Marvel movie? Avengers, the latest Avengers, where all the female superheroes come out and like that's supposed to be feminism. Yeah. Like, what's that? Yeah. We were supposed like <laughs> they even forced Nani's girlfriend into a suit. What's his name? Iron Man. Oh yeah. No, <laughs> Pepper. Pepper's been in a suit before. She has in the I Iron know, but like in the Iron Man movies. Three. <laughs> But you know the way, as in that chick, like even the actress doesn't know which Marvel movie she's in. She has to be reminded all the time. Like she's not a fan of the movies. She just shows up. So uh, what do you guys? What think is this now? Feminism. I saw on that same vein. I saw people talking about um, Scarlett Johansson's character. I forgotten what she's called. Black Widow. Mm. Yes. So I saw people saying how her character was supposed to be like the strong female lead for the Avengers and then how basically they didn't like how she had been treated or how her character was treated throughout the arc. Like it was, she was almost useless basically is what they were saying. So I don't know, what what do you guys think of her character in the Marvel universe? What do you think like she... She's useless. Brianna, do you remember... (laughs) Yeah, do you remember when you watched um, Avengers, the, the 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 third one? Now the the one where everyone died, basically. Like, um, what, who's the big bad again? Infinity War huh? one. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Part one. And then every time, every time uh, Black Widow would show show up on screen, but I was just like. <laughs> She's always kissing her teeth. The next person, the person she takes to her was laughing. I don't remember any of this. I never remember the any of the stories that Martha tells me. <laughs> the person next to you was laughing because every time she would show up, you're like, why is this girl still alive? <laughs> why was I there? She's getting her own. Were, I, were, it was too much, man. Like, her character is honestly, like, but then the the following movie now felt sorry for her even after like the first yeah. time you are like fed up with her. But honestly, I find her like um useless for real. Like I don't, I never understood why she was made useful. Yeah. Like we thought she would after after the first Avengers movie, I didn't think she would show up again. And the whole love story with her was like, what's that? You know, just just we didn't mess it up, like. You know what? No, I, I, I'm, ch- I'm not sure why I hated it. I'm going to have to watch that movie. I'm going to have to run that back. Because I don't remember <laughs> that movie. I have to run that back. But I think she was very useful for the plot in... Is it Winter Soldier? 
Which one? Is it Winter Soldier? No, no. It was a the one with Black Panther, Civil War, Civil War. No, no, no. Okay, so I am talking about Winter Soldier. Well, oh. like, you know how um, Bucky gets introduced and, like, they, they have to, like... She ends up randomly making out with Captain America, basically. You know that movie? You know movie yeah, movie? yeah. I, I haven't watched Marvel movies in ages. I'm terrible, uh, like, honestly, at remembering. I think it was Winter Soldier. Yeah. She was quite useful yeah. in that movie. She yeah. was really useful she I think I I can't I can't figure out why I didn't like her I in general what usually happens is that directors give in and try to throw in a love story a surprising love story and she fell victim to the surprising love story <laughs> I think like the whole when they realized that they could do like ones wonder and um vision they just like they were like oh, okay we'll, we'll we'll stop this with black widow now and hulk you know what i mean yeah bro i think just with that just ruined everything like what was that like there's no need for all that but still i don't think she's interesting like i don't know maybe it's because of my bias towards Scarlett johansson herself but because the movie, the concept that they're going for looks like something that has already been done. Like, how many stories are we seen of, um, like, a girl who's been raised to be an assassin? Because I've seen that in Hannah. And then I think Jennifer Lawrence did an, a movie like that, specifically Russian. Mm. So I don't know if there's going to be any difference. I mean, obviously, they have the comics as source material, but... In media, I've seen that, you know. To be fair, I feel like that criticism isn't really fair because also all superhero movies are repetitive in their own way. So, like, what's wrong True. with having a female one that's repetitive? Like, just do it, you know? Yeah, the men get have, like, I don't know how many, 14 of them. Let Scarlett Johansson have her movie, bro. Let her have it. <laughs> I don't, I don't feel any... But, but you know what, yeah. You know, the thing is, um, yeah, the men have had their movie, but then all of them have... Okay, yes, there's the typical rich boy thing with Iron Man, which we've seen already. And to be fair, I didn't like the Iron Man movies, mm. to be honest. I think I like Iron Man in other movies. Yes, I like Iron Man in other Marvel movies. I don't like his movies. His movies are shit. But... <laughs> Controversial opinion. But... <laughs> <laughs> this is not affiliated in the podcast <laughs> but yeah like um yeah i think we've seen even the men we've seen batman we've seen superman yeah 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 but mm. if they if they make brie larson's thingy more interesting what's her name uh i don't even know her superhero name but if they make her arc more interesting than it was the first time then that's something i'd be willing to follow because i think I mean, we, we, I mean, we could have, we don't have enough space operas. We still have, what's that thing? Gal Guardians of the Galaxy. I think that's the last thing, thing we've had since, I mean, Star Wars was uh, everywhere and thing. And we don't yeah. have like a new concept of space opera, whatever. Yeah. But I'm just thinking that the spy thing is worn out, whether from men or women. But okay, if it's, let's have it from a woman, then fine. What's but, that? Like what do you guys think of uh, Robert Pattinson as Batman? I never got to ask you guys what you thought of that casting. 
What do you think? Fantastic. It's great casting. Big Taurus energy. Yes. <laughs> yes. Oh my gosh. Honestly, he does really give. He his whole role in Twilight was to brood, and Batman is brooding. Mm. It's gonna work. It ha- he could obviously like be the brooding hero. Yeah. Yeah. He wasn't really a hero. Yeah, he was a hero in Twilight. Yeah. So we'll, we'll go with the brooding, and I feel like he's. It's obviously better than Twilight. Like Twilight, watching back was terrible. So it's obviously going to be better than Twilight. And he's a good actor. So I think it's going to hit personally. Yeah. I was, yeah, I think, I, okay, I think he's a good actor. But even the roles he did after were like so left of field. Like he, he now did like, what do I say? The same thing Daniel Radcliffe has done. As in um, all, their, all their roles, like they're crazy people in their roles. So like Batman is, Okay, he's also crazy, but he's toned down. So I don't think I've seen that from him. But to be fair, I don't see a lot of indie movies anyway. So, but I, I mean, it's probably a good decision. I think. I what, mean, like, I mean, I'll just wait and see. What Bree is saying about about the brooding, I think that's true. Like, I feel like he's really gonna sit it. I think my thing was like physically. I, I do, it's not an issue of his acting. I feel like physically he doesn't look like Batman to me. Like, I just I don't see it. But then I feel like also. I got so used to the the actor and the Dark Knight and those movies. I forgot his name. So that's the only Batman I think. Yeah. Christian. Yeah. He's the only mm. he's the only Batman that I can see. Like even I struggled with when they had um what was the other guy? The guy who's dating Anna Demas now. What's his name? He, he did the Superman and versus Batman movie. Affleck. Ben Affleck. Yes. Ah. I also struggled with him as Batman. Like so anyway, I guess we just have to wait and see. Like we just watch. He'll just he'll probably bulk up a bit and he'll have extra time. Well actually no, it's post, it's mostly filmed, isn't it now? Yeah. Um but he'll bulk up a bit and then the rest will be CG because most of the bulk comes from the costumes anyway. True. Yeah. Do that. Unless they do like, you know, the whole cliche shirtless exercise scenes. That they love to They have Robert Pattinson. How can they not do that? Of course, it's there. Okay, cool. <laughs> It'll be there. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, speaking of uh, Robert Pattinson, let's move on to um, another white man, Harry Styles. <laughs> uh, <who is> currently <laughs> gracing the cover of Vogue, and he's the first man to on the cover of American Vogue and there was a hit tweet with 99 likes uh, basically saying how revolutionary this is and I don't know kind of talking about how he dresses his his fashion sense is not limited by gender is very fluid and so kind of trying to make an icon of him despite the fact that he's not the first man to ever wear a dress or dress, you know, <laughs> in a manner that's like different. You know, I was thinking there's many other people like uh, what's his name, Young Thug, Uzivert, ASAP. There's so many people that I feel are even like, this guy who came out the other day, Lil Nas. Lil Nas. Lil Nas can wear dress. Exactly. So yeah, what do you guys think about that? <laughs> Bro, congratulations to the first white cis male who made it on Vogue. You have, you have 
you have broken all the boundaries, the glass ceiling, eh? diversity for the win. Like, what's the, is that what they're trying to do? Like, why was the article framed that way? What the hell is, like, what's going on? Basically, going that's on? what you were saying. <laughs> so now, if a woman makes it onto men's health, they'll, they'll be breaking boundaries. Is that what they're trying to say? Girl. That actually is ridiculous. <laughs> But you know what, with, with Harry Styles, yeah, I think what has happened, because, you know, Harry Styles, I've always had a problem with him. I don't know if, I think I've talked about this with Brianna before, she didn't have such a problem. But then Harry Styles, the, now the reason now that talking about him is because oh, they're saying his clothes are gender fluid. Gender fluid where? We saw you in Met Gala, you were wearing a, what was it? A, the, the shirt was thingy, like it had a, it was a see-through shirt. And then oh, he the had um, the black nail polish. Huh? Your sheer one with the bow. Yeah. And then he had black nail polish on. So they said he's now broken gender stereotypes. They are like, minimum. really? They are minimal. Really? Are you minimal. know, like, for you should give me more for me to be saying you become fluid. You, like, you literally look like a K-pop member. Like, you look like an American um, okay, uh, BTS member. Like I've seen all that from all of them. They they dress like that, and no one is calling them gender fluid. Like, come on now, let's 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 be honest, yeah, man. I think my thing is like I have no issue with Harry Styles. He seems like a very free spirit. Yeah, same here. Enjoy making like bold fashion choices or whatever. My issue is like all the people that project onto him. A lot of other things you know like i was also seeing people saying that he's queer and i'm like when has he ever said that like i've, I've never seen him say that maybe because i'm not a stan but i also feel like people are putting a lot onto him like they want him to be all these things that he's not like he's just a guy that likes to wear nail polish and dress weirdly like i don't think it's that deep but you know what do i know to be fair i slightly think he leans into it i think he he encourages it small small yeah when he's asked about that when he's asked whether he's queer baiting like usually like evades it then he's like no i, I don't want to be labeled blah 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 but then he leans into it yeah um maybe he's not doing it deliberately but then he's not denying it completely yeah. so i don't know what's with him i i, I mean I, i'm sure it has no bad intentions but like bro you know what you're doing like you do, you don't want a certain um community to alienate you so yeah. you'd rather just not be be vague or whatever but honestly like your sleeveless top is not the second coming of gender fluidity and to be fair like there are other guys who've done better because someone was like because now men are saying that they are going to be gender fluid please wear better dresses because we've not seen you're not giving what you're supposed to have gave like. yeah for real <laughs> i i mean my, my only two pence is that like i i hate the idea of like people labeling clothing based on gender like the more i think about it the more stupid it is like heels started off with like men wearing heels and then it became women saying like some forms of makeup started up being a men's thing and then it became like a, a women's thing like 
a lot of these trends that we see now, they'll be like, oh, like, why are you doing that? Like, it's for women. Like, started off with men and sometimes vice versa. Yeah. So I feel like even the idea of people saying like, oh, you know, he's like breaking like boundaries like to do with like gender fluidity because he's wearing a dress but like really should your gender be defined by what you're wearing like do you know what i mean like i mean there are some people that express their gender through how they dress through how they present themselves i do hear that but i feel like in the case of like celebrities wearing like deciding to wear dresses like on vogue and stuff i don't feel like sort of big indication should be taken unless they come with an an expression of, of explicit expression of gender yeah. i don't think they should be taken like a sort of like a oh, oh he's broken like all of these boundaries for gender fluid people because like because so, you'd never say like oh because a woman like decided to be on vogue like in trousers like because it's now a norm right yeah. mm-hmm. so like when things stop becoming like a norm that men can't <laughs> wear dresses or women can't women can wear mostly anything to be fair yeah. but <laughs> like when when eventually like you know those boundaries start being broken people will actually start to realize that it seems pretty silly to like pin gender to clothing if it's not being used as an expression of inward identity I hope mm. no i agree and i think okay from what i got i think that's what harry styles was saying like to him gender doesn't have it's not i mean not gender fashion is it about gender it's about what he likes and what looks nice on him it's just i don't know if it's the current like kind of climate that we're in where people always have to make i don't know they always have to kind of make things bigger than they are like people are always looking like for a token for any kind of movement so now if you if you wear a dress then it means you're making a a statement about gender fluidity or you know, similar to that thread we were talking about when they were like, you know, what uh, is in feminism but feels like feminism, whatever. And they were talking about people like Kamala Harris. I remember when now, just after the election and everyone was like, she's the first this, that, 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 that. And I'm like, okay, I, I don't know why we have that so, so much emphasis on like those- Representation of, politics. Yeah, I just, it's becoming, it's a little bit boring now. Like, I'm just over it. Like, we get it. We get it. We, we all want to recognize each other for our uniqueness. But it's not every day, like, trying to pick parts of someone's identity to tokenize, you know. Sometimes just let people be. Like, she's just a person. Harry Styles is just a person in a dress. Let's move on, you know. I just, yeah, I'm kind of tired of that. Okay, on one end, I do see what you're saying, like, um, let people be you know be themselves and whatever they're just humans or whatever but then you know in america it's difficult to do that because obviously um um visibly like i mean if you look at the numbers i don't know in america specifically but in the how do i say like i don't know i was reading this book the other day and then you know the author was saying like in terms to me there's a there's a thing the un does to measure um gender I mean, something about power and gender, like how many women are in power to see the gender balance and it's still like women are still far, far behind and like um, men don't see the need to fill that gap because it's like, um, why should we just put you there because you're a woman, blah, blah, blah. Then also in America, it's 
much more racialized and she's a black woman so she'll be getting misogynoir she'll be criticized all like like michelle obama went through all that stuff and i get that that's valid but at the same time like why is mindy kelly coming to tell us that her kid looks like kamala harris like where were you guys you guys were silent and where were you first of all where was where were you when your brother was busy stealing black identity to get you know to get to get into medical school like you're silly what are you doing you yeah. know now is when you claim her but when when something happens that is specifically um anti-black you will be quiet and we all know that's facts you know you won't be there saying oh a south asian woman is being attacked no you will keep quiet yeah you know so i feel like at the same time representation politics is very dangerous and then another thing that's tiring me about you know kamala harris and you know all those feminism intakes is that for the next four years the girl boss is going to research they're going to have um pussy feminism at the front <laughs> again we are going to have all sorts of women's match <laughs> okay it's not a bad thing but it's like these people are fake like so we're gonna have everybody doing branches and empowerment talks and it's just going to be like very class like it's not going to benefit whoever it needs to benefit because people don't take classism into feminist politics they don't take racism into feminist politics like uh, anyway man we're going to be tired for the next four years <laughs> yeah I, i do understand why people do it but i i do think there comes a point when you pick out individual parts of identity so far mm-hmm. that you stop seeing people as a person like i rarely feel individual parts of my identity as separate from one another like i rarely mm. feel that um i'm a woman like before anything else like, in this current situation like we're in like i'm mostly at home by myself like i don't often think about the fact like oh i'm a woman like unless i'm reminded or like oh i'm black unless i'm reminded like do you mm. yeah so it's like when you start picking loads of parts out and then you say like oh because someone is this they should be the front of this but meanwhile the rest of that person as a whole doesn't necessarily mean that they should be at the front of x particular movement it doesn't really make much sense yeah i agree completely um there's a way like okay the cynic in me like i'm seeing it as people are now using this kind of um representational politics and okay i don't like the term identity politics but in a way kind of plays into this where you use your whatever identity whether it's your black or your woman or indian or caribbean or african whatever you want to use to climb up a certain ladder because you're now seeing it as like you want to be tokenized that's how i'm feeling now like i'm feeling people want to use those things in order to i don't know what kind of message it's sending i don't know if i'm making sense like the fact that like we've discussed before Kamala Harris hasn't exactly been the best person for some of these communities when she's been in power right but when she became vice president every single congratulations i saw from every single world leader 
was like first black, first African-American or first Asian. And it's like, okay, yes, she is all those things, but like, what does it really mean? Like, what does it mean? It doesn't mean anything in my opinion. Mm -hmm. Like if you're not doing anything for those people, like why, why do you want to use that, that description, you know, that descriptor? That's how I felt. Like, so it rubbed me the wrong way personally, because I don't know. I just don't feel like it's genuine. Like, I don't think it's being used for genuine reasons. Mm. Yeah. I, I, yeah, I think that like those things are important in terms of like making markers of a community's history, yeah. like in terms of progress. But I think, again, which rolls back to something that you guys had said earlier, which was like, you know, the, um, the community isn't a monolith. So like when you put certain parts, oh, any community isn't a monolith. So when you mm. put now a particular part of something that represents somebody, so for example, Kamala Harris, first black, mm-hmm. like, or first um, um, black and South Asian or first South Asian, however you want to put it. Um, when you put that as the forefront, the first thing that you say now all of a sudden the focus shifts on like this person now represents that community but like she her job description actually is to like be the second representative of america and then it would be good also when you're part of a minority obviously it's good also to look after the interests of your community in the sense that to remove oppression barriers but like or barriers caused by oppression um But like, I think it it sets people up for unrealistic expectations, like of people when like, just because you've picked out this part of like this person and said, oh yeah, you know, they are the first this, which means that they must do this for this community. Mm -hmm. And like, sometimes you might even find out that the the thing that the loudest voices might want that person to do isn't even something that that community has come to a consensus about themselves. So it's very messy. I think it's very, very messy yeah that's true this has even like reminded me or like um i don't know it because i'm thinking okay like somewhere like um uk had two female prime ministers and i wonder if i mean representation politics is a big thing now but i wonder if people are saying because now touch is a new pm like she do something for women but then obviously she had a record as, you know, she had a record as the Home Secretary before. So people knew her Home Secretary record. Wait, and then, oh, wasn't she? Oh, sorry, Thatcher. Right? This is my Thatcher. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So I'm supposing that her record was like evaluated because of that. So no one was saying she can't do this for women. You get. Yeah. And then now also when Teresa May came, nobody was also saying that she can't do things for women. So I'm wondering if it's the view of politics or if it's like if somebody gets here, then afterwards we stop thinking about representation and just talk about their record or if that's just the nature of neoliberalism. Like no matter what, we'll always be seeing somebody as a saint. We'll always be saying, oh, they've arrived. Now they'll do this for black people. You get. But it's like, um, I wonder. The issue that comes with like women or other minorities being in black or whatever other POCs, I think the issue comes is that there's not that many women or that many minorities in positions of power. So every time one ascends to those positions, 
many people feel compelled to get into this. What does this mean for women? What does this mean for black people? When it's like, maybe in future, when we've had, I don't know, 10 female prime ministers, 10 female presidents, it won't matter anymore if she's a woman or not. But for now, because you're the first, people will start asking those questions. Does that make sense? Like, I think it's just because of how novel it is. It's because people are not used to it. Mm. That's what I think. Yeah, but as well, there's that feeling, people think that it shouldn't be novel anymore, which on one hand, yes, that's true. But on the other hand, I mean, it's still a novel idea, unfortunately, to have women in power. So it's like, those ideas are going hand in hand. You want women there at the same time, if you are putting kids in cages, if you are, you know, sending um, Windrush immigrants back to a country they've never known, yeah. as in, then nobody cares about your record for women. You get, you're just a trash, not trash, but like you're a bad politician, you're a bad yeah. leader, you know. So I don't know. I think if Trump wasn't the other option, then Kamala, there's no way she would have gotten there, you know. I think it's like, I don't know, because, okay, I saw Biden is now, like, trying to come up with his cabinet picks, right? And one of the people that he's thinking for Secretary of State is a woman called Susan Rice. I don't know if you guys are familiar with her. Rice again? Not Condoleezza Rice, a different Rice called Susan Rice. Oh, okay. Yeah, so she used to work for Obama, and she was, like, his national security advisor or something. And basically, I remember her a lot because during the Libya conflict, she was like the top NATO like person on TV talking about how they need to go help the Libyan people, how they were arming the... I think I saw her in a Obama documentary, go on. Yes, so she was very much like involved in that whole push to have the West come in and like basically like get involved in the Libyan civil, civil war, right? And so many people were like, I saw people like progressives kind of like being against her getting that position. And some woman, I'm not sure who she is, but she was basically like, oh, white progressives are now um, aiming their guns at women of color in prominent positions. um, And so she's basically making the argument that national security doesn't have that many women of color, so progressives shouldn't bash Susan Rice. And I'm like, you know, it's it's getting to the point- But she messed up Libya, what the hell? (laughs) <laughs> like, getting to the point where now you want to use your representation politics to actually silence the people you're bombing. Like, they can't even say they don't Bro. like you. Because <laughs> you're, you're a black woman, now you, nobody can tell you. Nobody can say that you're a bad person. I was just like, oh, it's, it's kind of... It's a bit crazy, you know? <laughs> mm. And then I guess this is what why it's important to have diversity and representation. I feel like everything has kind of circled back in the media because like you need to have people from certain communities to call out stuff within their own community so it doesn't look a bit sideways. Do you know what I mean? Like if you know that somebody does something and it's a bit iffy, if somebody from their own community is saying like, for example, a black woman is saying like this black woman has done some really bad things. It's like no one can be like well you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah exactly because basically what they now do because mm. there's not that many prominent black people who will stand up against and be like no 
actually this isn't a good choice because most of the black people who are on TV share her politics, right? So most of the people that are criticizing her will be white and then they'll be like, oh, you're all racist for saying you don't like Susan Rice. Like, okay, maybe invite some other black people that disagree with her to say it then, you know? So yeah, I think that, I don't know, I'm, I've, I've become really like, suspicious of that representational politics like i'm i'm starting to be off it now like I don't, I don't like it anymore at the same time like places like here in kenya i don't know if you can afford to be lax but at the same time like our women reps don't do anything our women mps don't do anything like to advance the cause of women specifically and their record space i mean their record isn't showing even you know anything even not even if it's not advancing the cause of women or you know other you know gender minorities like you're not even advancing kenya the kenyan like um social i mean workers cause or like you know i mean it's like everybody speaks in one once you're in power you're all speaking the same voice yeah. so they're not even you know it's not even working for us in that sense but then at the same time like they want to scale back what is there to protect um female representation in power so it's i don't know it's 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 uh, a two-way thing for me i guess maybe another thing that i was thinking about is maybe we shouldn't as as women because all of us are now women maybe we shouldn't have the expectation that all women who are aspiring to leadership or whatever it is whether she's the ceo of a company or she's in mm. government we shouldn't always assume that because she's a woman she's she seeks to advance women's issues i think that's yeah. the place we go wrong like because for mm. us maybe we think oh if i was in this position i would try my best to help this person or these groups you shouldn't always assume that every woman who is Aspiring. You're right, because I think wants the same thing. Yeah. No, so I think that's the place that I'm also getting to. Where it's like maybe we shouldn't have this unwarranted criticism of these women, because maybe they didn't ever set out to do those things. So like you saying, oh, you're not doing this, you're not doing that. Maybe they never intended to. Maybe we are projecting. Yeah, and I'm thinking as well. You know. Yeah, because I'm thinking like let's pressure the men as well like what are they doing their whole mps and i've never seen a sexual offenses act since 2006 like you've just been sitting there exactly. doing nothing like just putting financial bills and electoral bills like we don't need those those are not protecting us yeah so because you're the majority and now you don't want women because you think that they're just going to be handed those positions then do what we're asking you to do you know yeah like yeah so i think even them they need pressure on their heads that's true uh, guys let's let's see how we wrap this up because some yeah. church has started the noise <laughs> they're going to now be in the background for the next two hours okay uh oh the only other thing we had was the instagram thing but do we do we have to do we wrap it up with that or yeah do we leave it yeah yeah. Mine hasn't um, updated, so how's how's video experience? Because me, I'm, I'm still in the ghetto. Girl, so first of all, it's like they've now made Instagram TikTok type thing. So there's a place where like all you see is reels. And it's, 
I don't know who asked for it, but it's there now. So instead of your discovery or discover, whatever that thing used to be called, you now have only reels. And then instead of where you used to have likes, you now have a shop. So now Instagram is a marketplace also. You can go there <laughs> and shop. Yeah, and the algorithm is still uh, what it was. Um, you don't see your friends' pictures. You just see influencers' pictures. And yeah, the Instagram user experience is basically, yeah, it's, it's dead. It's finished. It's horrible. It's I, become Etsy, in other words. Yeah, it's like they want to kick us out. I don't, I don't get it. Well, it's good. Let's go. Like, I, I don't know. When people, like, sit on the TL and they're complaining, they're like, oh, I hate Instagram so much. I hate it. I'm going to leave. Leave. Then they'll change it back. Yeah. Like, just leave. But, but then, you know, we all left Snapchat and it's still worse. Like, even them, they're doing ads all the time. Yeah, yeah but the kids, the kids are still using it. School kids. Like, school kids don't have purchasing power. If yeah. grown adults leave Instagram after they've turned it into a marketplace, there's no more customers. They'd have to change it back. I think we should go back to Snapchat because even though Snapchat has like ads every other snap, like every time you move from one snap to the next one, there's an ad, which is like, obviously it's a bit frustrating, but I honestly, I can't compare it to Instagram because Instagram, you can see even two to three ads. Like it's not even just one ad. So it's, it's, it's not comparable. Yeah. I can't. Oh God. <laughs> snap, snap stories was a specific time for me and that time has passed. It has passed. But it's like, what we do now? Like, I want to know what you people are doing with your day, but I don't want to go on Instagram. <laughs> so where will I find out? Tumblr. Bring back Tumblr. <laughs> this is true. Tumblr. Oh my God. I used Tumblr to love was Tumblr. By the time it ended. <laughs> I think I think Tumblr could actually resurrect, but it doesn't have stories. No Tumblr stories. But Why? I think it's stories. Yeah. Cause I don't know. It was like a blog kind of thing. That was. So you different. can have like your story on your page, in it. Like it doesn't need to pop up on your like main page. Like if you click someone's page, their story yeah. can be on there. I feel like that's a good compromise. But I don't want to see stories on Twitter. I won't lie to you. No, same, same. But then I think Tumblr was ruined by um, like PF left people and on, on Tumblr, so everybody left. <laughs> Tumblr is just like vine, like unfortunately, the ends are just unfortunate. No, but honestly, but I don't know. Did, did Instagram remove the likes because they don't want people to be like focused on likes anymore? Or the likes are still there. Or? Like this is how my thing looks like now. But it's just that the um this the reels thing, the shopping thing, and oh, then yeah. you have to go to your own like actual Instagram to or see to who's followed you. Like, oh, you have yeah. to. It's not just at the bottom anymore. And the explore page is gone as well. Like you have to press search to see the explore page. They're killing it, bro. Unfortunately. Like, honestly, you, I feel like the first they're for us. Like we can't promote. The first the first blunder was the algorithm. Like that already used to piss me off. Like because I would scroll so much before I saw like one of my friend's pictures and then they would be like, it was two days ago. I was like, why wasn't this at the top of my thing? Like, why didn't I see it first? You know? So then 
I feel like I'm even missing all my friends' content, which is the reason I have social media, is to see my friends' content, you know? So does that mean I have to unfollow every influencer I follow so that I can see my friends? Like, that was already really damaging to my user experience. Then now, you've added a shop. Why? Like, I don't go to Instagram to shop. Okay, maybe there are people that shop on Instagram. That's fine, but... I just feel like it's changed so much. Like it's now more about money than it is about like just social media, you know, which is fine. Even had is not helping small businesses. It's not. You know, yeah, because now they, they are pushed down the algorithm. You know, when you started explaining about your friend's content, yeah, as an experiment, I scrolled, I was scrolling that whole time. Yeah. Until you finished talking, that was the first time I saw somebody on my feed that I know in real life. I must have scrolled maybe like 25 pictures, yeah. much of which were ads, 25 to 30, before I saw somebody that I actually know in real life. That's insane. They're killing the app, bro. They're killing it. It's dead now. It's so dead. Like, I, I Bro, they want to... Yo, we all left Facebook. We all left... And like we only have Instagram and Twitter now. Like so now, Instagram is about. <laughs> and then that means everyone on Instagram is gonna come on Twitter, and oh, that's no. the same ridiculous topics that are always on Twitter. Oh gosh, <laughs> we're going to be we're going to be talking about cooking again, <laughs> about first dates again. That would have happened anyway. <laughs> you know, UK Twitter loves a first date topic. True. Uh, I'm not gonna lie. I usually live for those topics because it's usually funny like as much as it's so repetitive it's funny like when they're like oh they always talk about the uh, outside dates the picnic dates it comes up every time and every time they're like black girls don't like this kind of thing and then the black girls are like we love it <laughs> <laughs> I love. I honestly, I I live for. I live for it. It's, those, those are truly entertaining times of that app. No, the worst thing on Twitter is when men say some incendiary thing, and then women are there, especially black women, are, and they are posting their pictures. Uh, just like, uh, sis, we're not getting out of the hood. The most recent one was like a guy who was like, "Oh, I hate braids," or "Girls look bad in braids," and then the whole. Like again, girls posting pictures of their braids. I'm like, I want better for you, sis. <laughs> I want better for you. We're not getting out of the hood. <laughs> we are not. We are not. Honestly. Yeah. Hi. Um. So I think that concludes the episode for today. This was a whole mess. It's going to be a me- like headache to edit, but <laughs> when it will be out, it will be out. Yeah, no, it was nice having Brie. It was nice just kicking it, like, old times. Reminding me of our kitchen conversations. <laughs> yes, thank you for having me on. It was fun. Yeah, so. Master. So we'll see you guys next time. Yeah. You know, someone was telling me, at the, oh, yeah, I've had some feedback and fully enjoy the podcast, blah, blah, blah. Um... At least you're not, I mean, you were saying that other people just talk about relationships. But then I was like, don't expect us to be serious all the time. Yeah. <laughs> we'll probably shoot the shit at, again some other time. But in a way, that's one of those ones. 
I'm happy with this episode because I feel like it wasn't as serious as our last ones. Like, I also mm. think that people need to know, like, it, most of the times it's jokes with us. Like, we, we do have this. Yeah. Thing, but most times we are laughing. Like, we're enjoying. We're kicking. <laughs> That's most yeah. Fun. So, we are still trying to get the rhythm. So, don't expect a T.O. Because, you know, I got an email that you should talk about decolonization. I'm like, how do you even start? Me, I studied law, man. I did study humanities. <laughs> Decolonization, bro, <laughs> relax. <laughs> yeah, um, I know the, the person who said that email will hear this and ask me. So, <laughs> so whoever suggested that, we would love to have um, a 50 minute conversation on that, but I don't think we have the range. But where we can, yeah, we don't have the range, we will attempt. <laughs> yeah, one time, maybe. Okay, so let's end there. Yeah. Bye, guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll see you guys next time. Bye.